It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Cowboys, your daily podcast on the Dallas Cowboys. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast. Thanks for tuning in. I'm your host, Marcus Mosier of Bleacher Report. You can find me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And as always, I'm joined by the one and only Landon McCool. You can follow him on Twitter at McCoolBTB. You can also listen to him on his own show, the How About Them podcast, as well as the Blogging the Boys podcast. Landon, how are you doing tonight, sir? I'm doing great. I'm ready to uh, get into this football thing that you still, we do every day. <laughs> you, st- you still pumping out eight podcasts a week? Uh, no, I've, I've actually cut down significantly as we've rolled it down into the home stretch, and it's made my life a lot easier. It, it, does your yes, wife I'm still just, doing a lot of practice. Does your wife just hate football season when it's on, or has she just kind of learned yes, to accept yes. it? Yes, No, it, it, it's one of those things where uh, you want to ask us whether we're happy or not. It's it's, <laughs> it's 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 just depending on whether or not it's football season, and, and the, uh, the, our answers are usually opposite of each other. Yeah, I got to like week five before the girlfriend said she hates football and she wanted to know when it was going to be over. So, yeah, we're in the swing of things now. Um, coming up on today's show, Landon and I review some of our notes from the All-22 film. We discuss Alfred Morris, Terrence Williams, Lyle Collins, and the Cowboys' safety predicament and more. So let's go ahead and start with Alfred Morris because this is a guy I want to touch on really quickly. After watching the film... I was really impressed with his game. I know the stats might not show that he was dominant in this game, but when you go back and watch some of the some of the runs that he had and just how smart of a runner he is, that Giants front, like we talked about yesterday, is phenomenal. There was a lot of times in that game where it was blocked or a run was blocked for one or two yards, and Morris was able to get four on first down. That's what I was a little bit nervous about when Ezekiel Elliott was going to be out of the lineup was. Were they going to be able to get extra yards for uh, depending on what the run was? Are they going to be able to squeeze out extra yards on first down? And I've been pleasantly surprised with Morris. I, I thought he played really well. Um, he had one run on a wide zone where he made two guys miss in the hole and was able to dive forward for five yards. Again, nothing big in the stat sheet, but he is a player that has helped the Cowboys get their offense back on track, and he certainly has not been the problem over the last few weeks. So just want to take my hat off to Alfred Morris. Um, great job this week against the Giants. What were your thoughts on Morris this week? Uh, you know, I mean, I think what we're starting to see is is more of what we uh, of what we had hoped we were going to get with him, with Morris as the backup running back. And I think that he, he's starting to, uh, you know, really see that um, – we're start. We're starting to really see, you know, the the benefits of having a guy who uh, clearly kind of fits in the run system and and that sort of thing. So, I I I think that you know, he isn't the guy. Um, you know, he isn't Ezekiel Elliott, obviously, and he's not gonna um, be busting things loose. Uh, uh, you know, every fourth play, or the potential to you know take it to the house every play, uh, and I don't even know if you if if you had really given him a a, a runway, 
You know, I don't know that he probably wouldn't get caught from behind. But I, I here's what I do know is that I know that when it's uh, when they're running the game, he is he's he's good at, at staying behind his blocks, reading the blocks, knowing the cuts. Um, he's he's really good at hiding behind his blockers of getting yes. you know getting uh, pushing the hole and, and getting the uh, the defenders. I guess what I would call it is he's good at manipulating defenders into being blocked, if that makes sense. So what that means is he presses the hole, he gets the defenders to commit to the gap that they're going to try to pursue him from, and then he and then once they you know they they commit, he gets behind his blockers or stops, which is you know I mean his ability to stop and then kind of keep going and and let the 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 patience and and, and I guess fearlessness is what it is really to just kind of stop mid run and allow the wash to get past him and then, you know, kind of regain his footing to keep going to get the extra yardage is really impressive. Cause I think a lot of, of runners get, you know, too impatient uh, and they get happy feet and they just kind of, or they'll end up pressing the hole and just, you know, which is fine. You, you'll get one or two yards, but you know, I, I know specifically on that, that, that one, I think it was like a second and short or third and short play, where uh, he would have been stopped behind the line of scrimmage if he had just kind of put his foot, you know, his head down and leaned into, uh, uh, you know, the, the 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 initial tackler. But instead, what he did is stop behind the line of scrimmage and waited for the wash to to go past him a little bit, and then picked his spot and then just took the three mm-hmm. steps that he needed to cross the line of scrimmage to get the first down. Uh, you know, he just he has a really veteran presence in running the ball. He understands what he needs to do as a runner. Um, you know, he like I said, he isn't the elite athlete uh, that Ezekiel Elliott is. He isn't the guy that is going to destroy your team with a with a huge you know backbreaking huge uh you know 20 uh, 50 60 yard run but what the guy is going to do is he is going to uh make sure that you're not getting a whole bunch of negative runs he's going to uh at least be able to take advantage of good the good blocking as it goes so um yeah the I, I offensive think, line I think loves that's blocking for him because yeah I was gonna say they love blocking for him because he's not gonna bounce runs outside and we've actually seen this with Morris a couple times the run will be blocked well and then uh, uh sorry Rod Smith will bounce it outside and you'll actually get a holding call because the line's blocking one way and the running back's going the other that doesn't happen with Alfred Morris I, I've got to believe the offensive line loves having him behind them because he know they know exactly what he's going to do on every single play yeah, he's going to run the play correctly. He's going to make the read correctly. Um, and yes. again, at, at the very least, he's going to get you the yards that you probably blocked for him. He's not going to uh, – to, he'll at least get you that. you know. And, and I think that there's a level of consistency uh, that is desirable with him, that you know what you're going to get with him in a positive way, uh, which, 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 which when you're talking about the run game, I, I think consistency is a huge, huge element that you're going for. It's one of the, the most attractive things about having a strong run game is consistently being able to get yards, and that's what you see out of, out of Morris when he's there. Uh, he may not be, you know, with Zeke, it's, he consistently gets you yards, and then every fifth play, he may bust it open. Um, mm-hmm. But with Morris, you don't get that fifth play. You just get a guy who is going to consistently get you yards, which is valuable in itself and not something that should be taken for granted. And 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 ultimately, that Absolutely. consistency is what this offense found, and 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 has basically been the consistency for the offense. The you know the 
steady element of the the steadying element of this offense, which has allowed the passing game to kind of reawaken and allowed other elements to kind of reawaken. So uh, it's it's really Alfred Morris's steadiness at the position uh, that has kind of gotten the Cowboys back on track. Over the last five games, uh, without Ezekiel Elliott, he's got 83 carries for 369 yards, averaging 4.45 yards per carry. If I would have told you that before the Zeke suspension that Morris is going to average, you know, close to four and a half yards a carry, you would have taken that in a heartbeat. Especially considering that's right about what Zeke was averaging this year. So, uh, just kudos to Alfred Morris. It's nice to at least have a running back that you can feel confident about, and you know he's going to make the right play. So, real quick, can I just add this to? Go ahead. I will yes. say this. I do think that the offensive line, from what I've seen, has been blocking better in the last probably three or four weeks 100%. than they have all season. One hundred percent. We're going to get to so, that. We're going to get the offensive yeah, line I, in a minute. And, I, and it wasn't it wasn't a slight towards Morris or a, you know trying to overly support Zeke, but I, I think that that is something that uh, that should be added into this equation is that not only is Morris getting what is being given, he's being given quite a bit by how well this offensive line has played. And I want to touch on that offensive line, but really quickly, let me tell you about uh, Play Draft. Fantasy football fans, listen up. It's not too late to join the 500,000 people that have already downloaded Draft this season. You get to play in a real live snake draft, but you're done in under five minutes, and they last for just one week. You can join one right now for week 15. I will send out one this week. Uh, You guys can play along with me, try to beat me. The best part... Play for cold, hard cash, and get this, your chances of winning are 80% better than on the salary cap sites. All new players get a free entry into a real money draft when you make your first deposit, but you have to use the promo code LONFL. That's right. Play a real money game for free just by using the promo code LONFL, and it gets even better. Draft is so sure that you'll love it. They're even offering listeners a money-back guarantee up to $100. Just search Draft in your app store or go to Draft.com and play for free right now with promo code LONFL. Hey, guys. It's Joe Marino. Being around sports media and a fan of the Buffalo Bills for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes it's exploring the sliding doors moments and what-if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience. What if the Seahawks let Marshawn run on the one-yard line with the Super Bowl on the line, or could a coin flip have landed Magic in Chicago, Michael in L.A., and made Charles Barkley the first black president? Enter Wondery's newest sports show, Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former Sports Center anchors Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. Each week on the podcast, Trey and Kevin will pry open the sliding doors of a different what-if moment from the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, dynasties will fall, legacies will change forever, and new goats will emerge. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts, and you can listen to Alternate Routes early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. So I want to talk about that offensive line for a little bit. Uh, we spent a lot of time on this podcast worrying about the left guard spot and worrying about right tackle. And we are now in going into week 15, and this is by far the best the offensive line has played all season. I want to talk a little bit about Lyle Collins right now. Uh, I thought he was phenomenal in this game, especially when you consider that he hasn't practiced in the last two weeks. Uh, we know that he's dealing with a back issue. I think he said it's a little bit of a bulging disc, which makes you nervous. But he was going up against Jason Pierre-Paul. 
you really didn't hear Pierre Paul's name at all in this game. Um, I, I just think Collins is... I'm not exactly sure what it is. I'm not sure if it's he's playing with more confidence, which is likely. If it's if he's healthier coming into these games, or maybe it's that now he's starting to see some of these rushers for a second time. Uh, the last two weeks they played common opponents in the Redskins and the Giants, and maybe that's what it is. But Lyle Collins is easily playing the best football of his career right now. What are your thoughts on how Collins is playing? <clears throat> well, I think it's interesting that you know it seems like to me that. The, the places that we've seen the most improvement um, in these last few weeks are actually, you know, the guys, uh, you know, Martin and, and Frederick and, and Smith sort of kind of riding their ships a little bit more. And that because of that, we haven't really noticed the that the last two games, Lael Collins has played maybe his best two games of football, despite the fact that he hasn't practiced more than maybe once, if that, in the last two weeks. So, um I think that, you know, it's it's a it's impressive. I mean, just, you know, what he is able to do on, um, you know, little practice uh, with little with few reps. I think obviously that's incredibly impressive. Uh, But beyond that, too, I think that, you know, his ability to continue to get better despite practice um, is is actually kind of it's it's a. it's odd, you know, it's, 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 it's weird how he's able to, uh, and we were talking about before the show and and you were suggesting maybe it's because he's uh, just like, you know, healthy. They're able to, because he's not practicing, he's, he's getting to the games a little bit healthier than he was previously, but I don't know. No matter what, all I know is that uh, his game seems to have improved uh, the last two weeks, despite not being able to practice. And then on top of that, you know, the the market improvement uh, in, and uh, Tyron Smith specifically, it feels mm-hmm. like, um, has been uh, has really driven the this team. I, I, I've, you know, it hasn't been a great year for Tyron Smith, and I and I think that it a, a lot of it had to do with obviously the back flaring up and 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 for you know huge portions of the year, um, you know, it, it was tough on him to to get to a play to, to play to a level. Um, and because of that, and because of the, some other things, you know, the the whole conversation of how Lyle Collins is is doing kind of got put on the back burner because we were all just concerned about what was going on with the guys that we thought were our, you know, our steady eddies on the offensive mm-hmm. line. But but now that things have started to even out more, uh, you're starting to see them kind of get swing things into gear, and, and as they, maybe Tyron's groin situation has has cleared up a little bit, and and they're handling his back a little bit better. I think that it, the uh, ability to the or the 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 collateral effect of that has been that uh, you know everyone has kind of been able to elevate their games because everyone's playing a little bit healthier and and what that means is that Lael Collins you know e- even though he hasn't he's been one of the people that hasn't been healthy lately at least these last two weeks um, he can kind of more just focus on doing his own thing and 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 maybe that's that focus is what has been able to, you know, get him to really get his technique down and and take his game to another level. Yeah, and let's be clear real quick. During these practices that they're having on Wednesday and Thursday and the walkthrough on Friday, they're not working on technique stuff, or at least not very frequently from what I know. They're mostly game planning. So it's not like Collins is using that practice time to really work on that technique. But maybe, you know, maybe these extra well, couple days, maybe these extra couple days off are allowing him to get healthy and being, like, like you mentioned before, maybe he's being able to focus on that by himself. 
sure. And 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 you're right that they don't work on probably improving technique, but practicing the technique over and over again is important because sure. of you know muscle memory and that sort of thing. And 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 you know there's a difference between. And you're right. During the week, they're probably more executing the plays and you know incorporating those techniques into their execution. That's what that's what's important. So I guess the question then becomes like because he's not being burdened with like get as much thought about the game plan stuff or maybe because it's simplified for him since he's going into the game without that much game plan stuff is injected to his head he maybe he's allowed uh, his uh, self to focus more on his technique which is you know made him play better i, I don't know who knows i mean th- those things are really difficult to figure out it could right. just be a, a cumulative thing of the fact that he finally uh is kind of comfortable in his you know he's 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 it's he's like malcolm gladwell he's reached that ten thousand hours he just like he just finally crossed the ten thousand hour threshold or something like mm-hmm. and now he's now he's reached expert level of 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 skill, so I don't know. I mean, it, it could be any number of things. The good news is that he's there; he's arrived where uh, we'd hope he'd get, uh, and that the offensive line seemingly is playing at a level that it hadn't played at uh, previous this season. Yeah, we kind of all expected this trajectory for calls. We figured the first half of the season was probably going to be rough, especially when you consider the pass rushers that they were going to go against. And then by the second half of the season, we were just looking for improvement. And I mean, from what I've seen. He's absolutely doing that. We're I gotta believe that we he's gonna improve a lot next season. Um, he's gonna take a big jump. So encouraging signs with Lyle Collins. All right, one more thing on the offense. Actually, two more things. Um, I'll let you talk about this one first because you want to talk about the eleventh man on the offense. Can you go ahead and explain what that means? Yeah, I mean, I I think that uh, one of the other things that's kind of been tough to. Um quantify a little bit about how the Cowboys are playing better is I think that they're getting better play from that 11th guy in the offense and what I mean by that is the the guy that you know it's it's whether they decide to bring in you know a second tight end uh, or a, a fullback or a an extra wide receiver you know it's that last guy that usually gets rotated in which kind of dictates what the personnel group is whether that be like I said be a second tight end a, a fullback or a third wide receiver or you know a third tight end or you know they're getting a lot of a lot better player from the a lot better play from those guys, and and you know whether that's James Hanna or uh, Swaim or uh, you know so, like uh, Keith Smith has, has come in at uh, seems lately and provided a spark at different points of the game, um, you know, and I think that 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 all adds up a lot, um, and I think that that helps, uh, you know, especially in the run game. What, what you're seeing is that these tight ends seem to be uh, kicking their games into high gear a little bit. He's swaying with some a couple of good blocks. Hannah with a great catch. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, and and then and then Keith Smith, obviously, like I said, coming in at times and 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 really has taken that fullback job and, and by the horns and really playing well. Um, and so I, I think that it's time to kind of recognize some of those other guys who, um, you know, maybe at times we've been noticing them throughout the season. For for I mean, Keith Smith feels like he's had a good season throughout the year, but at, you know, at times we've noticed Swaim or Hannah for for maybe not blocking as well or not executing what we're used to it feels like a lot of these guys you know and i was i would put noah brown in this category too as as kind of those uh you know uh, 
you know, less than five to five to ten snap guys. You know, like guys that aren't getting that are getting limited snaps, but are serving you know minor roles in this offense. I think what you're starting to see is cumulatively th- that group of players are playing better now, and and um, and that small contribution here and there, um, you know, it's adding up. It's it's when it's. Uh, it's Swain blocking uh, for Rod Smith on that touchdown run. It's it's uh, you know Hannah with the catch, like I mentioned. It's 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 Noah Brown's blocking uh, at different points throughout the season. It's it's uh, Keith Smith, um, you know, blowing holes in defensive tackles in in you know ISO plays. In, in, you know, if they, these things, you know, they add up in, in plays. Obviously, they're they're the big ones. Like when you see the guys like Hannah or Swain catch the ball, or Keith Smith catch the ball, or or run with the ball. Obviously, those are obvious but there's it's also a lot of little things that may be a little bit more difficult to notice like uh, like I mentioned with some of the blocking stuff but th- those guys playing better football when combined with you know your obviously your core players playing better football that I mean that obviously just it synergy towards just the whole team playing better football and and I think that's the sort of thing is usually contagious from the top, but it, but it's it's good to see the the it trickling down to the uh, the guys a little bit further down the bench. And if you want something to be encouraged about, I believe all of those pieces that you mentioned, Keith Smith, Noah Brown, uh, Jeff Swaim, James Hanna, they're all locked up for the foreseeable future. So uh, while those guys don't have a huge role individually uh, on this team, collectively, they're an important part to this offense. So it's nice to see that they're going to have a little bit of that continuity going forward. Before we talk about Terrence Williams, one of those pieces that... I, I don't know. I struggle with them. I want to tell you guys a little bit about Pro Football Focus. If you love Pro Football Focus as much as we do and you want access to their incredible database of stats and information, please go to iTunes, leave a review for the Locked On Cowboys podcast. Make sure to include your Twitter handle in the review and you will be eligible to win a free Pro Football Focus Ed subscription, a value of $40. NFL player grades, snap counts, and positional ranks will be available to you as well as fantasy projections, rankings, tools, and charts, NFL draft coverage with PFF profiles and stats, fantasy, DFS, and NFL draft articles, as well as team and player pages featuring PFF stats. Again, all you have to do is go to iTunes, leave a review, and make sure you leave your Twitter handle. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, really quickly, I want to talk about Terrence Williams from this game. Uh, The Giants, primarily man-to-man defense, they left Williams alone with one-on-one coverage. The safety was often cheating towards Dez's side or down in the box next to Beasley. Um, The Giants were daring Dallas to throw the ball to Williams, and he didn't do all that much. It's just been a disappointing season from Williams. Uh, He has 500 yards, zero touchdowns. I believe he leads the Cowboys in snaps this year. I guess I don't know what to do with him. We kind of know what he is. Is this a guy that you want to replace next year, Landon? Is it, or is it just something that you're going to have to deal with with the Cowboys' offense? I just don't know that. Like, I just don't know that what the like. 
I don't know how much better an alternative is going to get. Like, you know, like I just, I, I think the the question I get is that, you know, and I, and we, we kind of go through this all the time, but in this offense, like, I mean, what, what, what are you trying to get your Z receiver to do? I guess. Well, it's a fair I, I mean, point. It's a great point. I think I, cause I think that the, the, the key thing is that you, you look at all the, the, the players that they already want to get the ball to. And then we talked about, you know, uh, you know, obviously, when Zeke is healthy, you want to try to give him as many carries as possible, and then on top of that, you want to try to throw him the ball. But, some but more. maybe the now question you, is it? But maybe the question isn't trying to get him the ball, but you've got to be able to scare teams enough to not be able to just single up that guy and leave him alone without safety help. Maybe that's the well, answer. But, well, but I mean, I, uh, but Marcus, like, what? I mean, it's. It, I think that what we get we get confused about is that <laughs> it's not just Dez and, and Terrence on the field, though. You know, like, not. I mean, I think that that's, I mean, I, I think that the, the threat of this passing attack is the middle of the field passing. You know, it's not, it's not Dez or Terrence, really. It's, but, if you it's can, but if you can back up Whitten. those safeties, that's, they're not coming down and doubling Beasley, your whole offense will open up a little more. I, again, I'm not saying that we need to no, find no, a receiver yeah, no, that you, needs to get 10 targets right. a game. But, but I'm saying, but I'm also saying that, like, that you, Williams is going to get the, the one-on-one, you know, coverage a lot. You're right. The fact that he isn't able to always beat it is, you know, I mean, it's not great, but it's, I mean, that's kind of what an NFL wide receiver is. What you're, I mean, the truth of the matter is, is that you're not trying to give him a ton of targets as it is. Like now, does he need to be more efficient with his targets? Yeah, probably. <laughs> but, but I, I also think that the, the, majority of what they asked Terrence Williams to do, he does really well. He's a very good run blocker. He's, you know, he can execute the plays that, as they're called for him. He's I think he's a good route runner. I you know, I think as far as a deep threat goes, you know, like I think that he he has surprising quickness. He can get behind a defense that hasn't you know always been a problem and and I also think that if you know you really have concerns about not getting enough production in that manner, then you can also put out Bryce Butler out there for a little for a couple snaps and do that, but but I guess the the, the point is is that like the I think that I think that the choice is do you want a burner wide receiver at your Z, which is legitimate a thing you know I can totally I, we can make, we can have that debate and, and and if if you have that debate you need to keep in mind what kind of player you're talking about because they usually these guys are usually not very physical players. They're usually, um, you know, probably 50-50 catchers themselves. They'll be the kind of guys that are really true deep threats, right? Like, let's 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 hash that out. Like, you know, you can kind of go the Baltimore, you know, Raven type receiver where you get the big, fast, athletic guys that have the physical profile that you're looking for, who are just not very good wide receivers and probably can, you know, catch 50-50 on the on the on the deep routes. The question is, can they do all the other things that you are going to ask your your wide receiver to do in this offense? Can they? Can he block? Can he? You know. Um, can he run the full route tree? Like you know, where can he run these these uh, routes from? And and I guess if the other side of that equation is to get a guy who, you know, maybe he isn't the burner for as much uh, for those snaps that you need him that, but all all the other snaps he can do all the things that you want him to do. I think that that's where they they are with Terrence Williams is that they they know what they've got in Terrence Williams, uh, and in the non-receiving elements of his game they can completely rely on him and on the receiving elements of his game look i mean 
he isn't a consistent guy who's beating people every week, but you know, every single season there is at least one or two games where Terrence Williams saves the game by himself. Yeah, but and, isn't and it, isn't that a thing that a lot of receivers do? I mean, how many receivers how many, yeah, in, but, yeah, in but this how situation would do that? How many of those receivers have four other options, passing options ahead of them? That's my, I guess I, my point. I, how many of those I, other teams like have guys that are like? I mean, maybe the Steelers. <sighs> Like you know what I'm saying? You had to, like, say that. You the, had to the, bring up the Steelers. You had to. Well, I, but I was like, I mean, talking about the wider the target depth. You know, like yeah, I, know. I think I think that the, the the question the problem is is that this is your fourth the guy the fourth guy on your on your team probably to get targets maybe the fifth right. So, and, but to and, me, to me that <laughs> it's a great point. I think you're absolutely right. So why did you pay that guy? I, I, I mean, I listen. I was for that extension, but now that now looking back at it. Is that somebody that you should have paid the fifth guy in your, you know, your pecking order and the in targets? The money is fine because I mean you're still asking him to do what things that wide receivers twos twos do. He's just not getting a ton of targets out of because of the fact that you don't need to give him a ton of targets. I, I you know, like I, I, I understand what you're saying. I, I just think that the money isn't like terrible. I think we all thought it was a good deal when he signed it. Sure. I think when we're looking at the money now for what he's done, it doesn't look great. But I also, th- I think that again, like I'm not, I'm not upset about the money. The money isn't a problem to me. So if the money isn't a problem, then what, then what is the problem? Are you, uh, do we need more to, to redistribute his snaps to somebody else? Uh, I mean, like, is the problem like? No, I don't think you need to do that want... either. Because there's, I don't think I, there's anybody behind him that's better. I really don't. I don't think Butler's a better player. I don't. I mean, I, yeah. So then, I guess my question is like, what's like, what's the instead of just saying like, what's you know, let's uh, what's the deal with Terrence Williams? How can we rep, you know upgrade here? I think we need to have a better idea of what we think an upgrade is and what is a realistic upgrade at the position. Well, because it, I think that the, the truth is I, I, is that go ahead. I was finish. just gonna say the truth. Real quick, the truth is is that for what we're paying him and for what we know he can do, he's a pretty good player. I I don't doubt that there could be uh, a, an upgrade at some at some place, and I and I'm not at all opposed to like drafting a guy or something like that. But I also think that um, Terrence Williams has value on this team, even if you go out and get a, another wide receiver uh, because of you know. Uh, in the same way that I think you know that you like Anthony Hitchens, I think Terrence Williams has a lot of that same value on the offensive side of the ball, and they got him for that kind of reasonable deal that we talked about. Now, I, I, and I would have told you the same thing last year that I don't think that Terrence Williams resigns this team because I think he goes someplace and gets a huge deal. Now, I may be proven wrong again, like <laughs> with Anthony <laughs> Hitchens, depending on how good a deal you're able to get him in free agency because you're his agent, but uh, we'll see. But go ahead. What were you? What were you? What's your thoughts on that? Again, I'm playing a little bit of devil's advocate here because I don't hate Terrence Williams either. But to me, and again, I don't think there's anything you can do about it right now because you you've got three games left in the season. But I'm in the off season. I would take a, a a deep look into this to think: Is Terrence Williams a receiver that fits with Dak Prescott's skill set? Because I don't think he does. I think he was much better under Romo, a quarterback that could throw him open a little bit more, um, that, that knew how to get him the ball in certain situations and in certain spots where he could thrive. I'm just not sure that's the kind of receiver that Dak needs as a Z. Maybe he needs somebody with a little bit more speed that can stretch the field and open up some of the underneath step, uh, underneath routes. I'm not sure. I mean, 
it's it's going to be a problem because I don't see them I don't see them cutting Terrence Williams. I don't see I really don't see them drafting a receiver high. I mean, it's probably this whole conversation probably won't matter because they're probably not going to change. Um, but I would at least like to see them investigate uh, how they can improve that spot. And I will give Terrence Williams a little credit here on the one play that Dak had the ball tipped at the line of scrimmage and Rod Smith caught it on the first drive. You remember the play, right? Yes, um, of course. Yeah. Terrence ran a slant. He just toasted the cornerback. And if Prescott hits him in stride, he might've scored a 60 yard touchdown. I mean, the, the route was fantastic from Williams. It just happened to be the ball got tipped to the line of scrimmage and he couldn't show that. And they didn't show it on the broadcast. So I, I guess I, I'm, I'm going to be interested to see over the next three games. What's, Williams's role is it going to be the same is he going to be a guy that only sees two or three targets probably um and I'll be interested to see what they what they do with Williams this offseason um any final thoughts we're at about the 30 minute mark any final thoughts on the all 22 uh from this week no I mean I think that obviously you know the team as a whole seems to be playing better I mean I think that they're playing inspired football um I think the defense is really playing at a high level now that they've got uh you know their their leader back and i think with this youth infusion it's really just helped the overall play speed and and just intensity of the swarming of this defense and it's really just fun to watch all right that's it for today's show thank you for tuning in make sure you download and subscribe to the podcast on itunes tomorrow we will be answering your twitter questions so make sure you send them in to me at marcus underscore Mosier, or you can tweet the show at locked on cowboys Make sure we get some good questions this week. Last week, you guys you guys struggled last week, so we want some good ones this week. Uh, make sure you guys do that. We'll see you tomorrow. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.